On Sunday nights, Penny and I have been recording a program on TV One called Hillary. How many others have seen that one? Absolutely brilliant, brilliant program about the life of Sir Edmund Hillary. And if you're like me, I knew that Sir Edmund Hillary was the first person to climb Everest in 1953. But I had very little knowledge of how he actually did that, how the whole process happened. And as I watched the episodes of that series, I realised how Hillary climbed Everest. Do you know how he did it? One step at a time. One step at a time. And it's interesting that the first step that he took was actually years and years and years before in his youth. And in hindsight, that first step was no more less significant than the very last step that he took when he got to the summit. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the steps that we take in life on the pathway to our destiny. Now, we all know that God has got a great plan for our lives. Uh, we know that heaven is our final destination. But sometimes we don't recognize that when we invite Jesus Christ to come into our lives, he's not just inviting us to a destination, but he's inviting us to participate in an amazing journey. And that journey happens one step at a time. Uh, Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Why don't you all say that? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And it goes on and says, And he delights in his way, and though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, the Christian life is not just about the final destination. It's about the journey. If it was all about our final destination, imagine what would happen the moment that you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. You imagine if you had an altar call. It's all about the final destination. Someone asked Jesus to come into their life, and they drop dead straight away because God takes them to heaven. Now, while that might be exciting for some, And pretty scary for others. The reality is, it doesn't happen like that. Why? Because it's about the journey and not just the final destination. I mean, God has this amazing plan for our life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Life with Christ is an adventure, but it's an adventure that happens one step at a time. Your destiny happens one step at a time. So... What's the first step? What's the first step that we need to take on our destiny and our journey of life? Well, the first step is always, always, always follow Jesus. Matthew 4 verse 18 says, Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, 
He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Jesus was inviting the brothers to a journey. Uh, More often than not, we're more interested in the destination, but God is more interested in the journey because in the journey, God changes us and makes us ready for the destination. Why don't you turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, you need changing. God has a process. God has a process. God has a process called following Him, which is actually at the heart of discipleship. If we keep following Jesus, we're going to fulfill our destiny. And we're going to get to our destination, but it's going to happen one step at a time. And during the journey, we are changed. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. Green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. And even when we're traveling down a deep, dark valley, of the shadow of death, God's with us. God's with us all of the way. There are highs in life. There are lows in life. There are moments of quiet. There are moments of consistency. There are moments of crazy acceleration. But all through life, God wants to be our shepherd and lead us. Now, God doesn't have the same blueprint for everybody. Aren't you pleased about that? He treats us as individuals. And he works on us differently. What God is doing in my life is different to what he's doing in Penny's life. But we're both trying just to follow him one step at a line. That's why you can't copy somebody else's destiny. He just says to each one individually, you follow me. I mean, we want the plans. We want the GPS route. We want it mapped out every step of the way. But Jesus just says, follow me. Destiny, you see, with God is not just about where you're going. It's about who you're following. And if you follow Jesus, you're going to end up where you need to be. The other Saturday, after the men's breakfast, I wanted to go out and uh, see Kelly and Helen's new house that they're building. So I didn't know the way. So Kelly says to me, well, you just, you just follow me. So he hops in his ute, I hop in my ute, off we go. He speeds up, I speed up. He slows down, I slow down. He turns left, I turn left. He turns right, I turn right. 
we're heading out there, we get to Springs Flat, and he stops. So what do I do? I don't keep going. I stop. I wait there for a moment. Nothing's happening. I think, what's he up to? Next thing I see, he jumps out of his ute, gets into mine. I said, off we go. So off we went. Drive along the road. He said, turn left here. So I turn left there. Turn right there. So I turn right there. Go down here. Second on the left. Second on the left. We get there. I don't know how. But we get there. How do we get there? I just followed him. I just followed his instructions. And the same is true with life. People ask about my life. How did you get to where you are now? I just said, one step at a time. I just followed Jesus. There's always a next step for you in following Jesus. The steps of a good person, it says. The steps of a good person. Not just the initial step. Not just asking Jesus Christ to come to your life. But the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. In other words, the journey of discipleship and the miracle working power of God in your life happens through little steps that we take in following him. Sometimes in following God, we mistakenly look for the huge, big leap of faith. And we miss the little steps that go into getting us on the pathway that we need to be to get to our destination. We sometimes hear a prophetic word uh, saying, one day you're going to do this and this and this, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And we think, wow, this is an amazing destination. But we don't realize that to get to there, we have to take little steps here and now. Uh, Watching the Hillary movie, it was obvious that the private steps that Hillary took as a teenager were no less significant than the public steps that he took to mount the summit of Everest. And in fact, his dreaming didn't stop with Everest. That was just one step along the way. And if you don't take step one, you can't take step two. And if you don't take step two, you can't take step three. And you can't take step four unless you take step three. And finally, you reach that place of promise and significance, and you look back and you think, how did that happen? Even if you are away from God, you are never too far away to take the next step. There is always a next step. You are only one step away from getting back on track with God. And that step may be to repent and say that you're sorry to God and ask Him to forgive you and start following Him. The next step may not be spectacular, but next steps are always significant. Most of you would have been enjoying Stephen's preaching over the last few months. Had lots of good reports. Although usually when Stephen preaches here, I'm away up at Kaitaia. But how 
that a dyslexic kid who basically was, did pretty poorly at school get to be a pastor? One step at a time. One step at a time. Uh, Stephen was to be my sporting success. All dads have dreams for their kids. So Stephen was to be my sporting success. Pete was to be my academic success. And I'm so pleased that God had better plans for my kids than I did. Stephen never dreamed of being a preacher. Uh, When Stephen left school, he was offered a cricket scholarship, which he turned down. He trained in car audio installations, young guys like loud sounds and cars. And uh, Stephen was very, very good. And I think he must have installed half the um, sound systems and used cars in our church over the years. Uh, but he trained in that. But he always had a deep desire to go back to Hamilton. I couldn't see how going to Hamilton was part of God's plan for his life. So we let him go anyway. Not that we tried to stop him and not that we could have stopped him. He didn't have a clue what God had for him. He just knew the next step, go to Hamilton. It's interesting, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And what that means is that if you delight yourself in the Lord, it doesn't mean that you can think of anything and God's going to give it to you. What it means is that if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, God actually places his desires in your heart. So the things that you are wanting are actually the things that God is wanting. So he gives you the desires of your heart. He gives you those desires. Stephen had this desire to go to Hamilton. So off he goes, goes to Hamilton, gets a job. Not in car audio installation, which is what he's trained in. He gets a job in a Christian preschool. He's dyslexic. He had trouble reading. Each day, he had to do story time on the mat with the kids. What a great training process. You know, if you can't keep the attention of kids, you'll never keep the attention of adults. And during those times, during those years down there in Hamilton, at the preschool, he just grew and grew and grew and grew. He was exactly where God wanted him to be, one step at a time. He was never interested in girls, never dated when he was up here. He's going to the AOG church down in Hamilton, and he meets a young lady called Prue Kelleher, and the rest is history. What a great choice that was. One step at another. Uh, Stephen became one of the best of the teachers there. In fact, he was told that if he'd had the qualifications, he would have been able to head up the whole team. So when it came to a youth job up here in church, Penny and I recognized that Stephen actually had a, a real heart for young people. And so we took a chance and we offered him a job And what a great decision that was. One step at a time, just being faithful and following God over the last 12 years up here has led to 
today. And he's grown, and he's grown, and he's grown. But it happened one little step at a time. Luke 19 tells us how a crooked tax collector called Zacchaeus becomes an amazing philanthropist. I mean, how did that happen? Anyone guess? One step at a time. Zacchaeus makes a great decision. He decides to go to a Jesus parade. He's never met this guy. He's heard all the talk around town from the people that he's ripping off. He goes anyway. When he gets there, he's just a short guy, finds that he can't see a thing, so he takes another step, runs ahead of the crowd, still can't see a thing, takes another step, climbs a tree. Now, you've got to picture this. He is a businessman. He's dressed in his business robes. He's got his business shoes on. And he climbs a tree. Only kids and bare feet climb trees. So I'm sure it was quite a sight seeing this middle-aged businessman sitting up a tree in his robes and his shoes and everything, or sandals and everything else. Jesus comes along and he stops. Jesus looks right through him. And amazingly, Jesus talks to him, tells him to come down from the tree, and Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house to stay. So what does Zacchaeus do? Takes the next step. He's just had an encounter with Jesus up the tree, but he doesn't stay up the tree. He gets down. Tags along with Jesus. Ends up at his place. Opens the door to his house. Opens the door to his heart. Opens his wallet. Gives away half of everything he had. He's miraculously born again. Changed. Changed from a crook to a philanthropist. One step at a time. How did the Apostle Peter go from an uneducated fisherman to an outstanding apostolic leader? One step at a time. Follow me, Jesus said. Follow me and I will make you. Peter was made one step at a time. See, the miraculous supernatural process of reaching our destiny is actually very, very ordinary. And it's made up of little next steps. But it becomes extraordinary as God breathes on us and makes us as we take each step in following him. See, we're responsible not to change us. We are responsible to follow Jesus, take the next step, and during the journey, 
God promises to make us. Now, if you don't know what the next step is, just follow Jesus. Ask him. God will reveal to you. But keep following because it's in the journey that we are changed. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Like Stephen, I never wanted or dreamed about becoming a minister. In fact, one of my minister friends used to use me as an example of a person who was very satisfied with his career in life and didn't need to become a minister or full-time Christian worker for God to use. God was using me exactly where I was in my job. In fact, I remember that at age 34, I was planning what I was going to be doing. I was planning that at age 50, I was going to retire with $5 million in superannuation payout. And to get that, all I needed to do was stay in the job for another 16 years. That's all I needed to do. Didn't have to have any promotions, didn't have to save a heck of a lot. All I had to do was stay in the job for another 16 years and I would have retired with 5 million bucks. I, being a good Christian, was going to give God a million dollars. That would be a pretty good gift, eh? I thought, man, that's, that's good. Actually, really what it was, was I was just justifying spending the other $4 million on myself by easing my conscience by planning to give God a million dollars. Anyway, that was my plan. That was my plan. But God had other plans. Obviously, he wanted me at that time more than a future payout. And at the right time, he extraordinarily intervened in my life and completely changed the direction that I was heading in. I didn't have a dream. I didn't have a vision of ministry outside of being a minister for God in the job that he had led me into. But I was just following Jesus Christ one step at a time. It says that the heart of a king is like rivers or streams of water in the hands of the Lord. He can turn it this way or that. And you don't have to worry. You could be heading along on one part, but as long as your heart is in the hands of the Lord, he can direct it any which way he likes. Let me give you a couple more thoughts on taking your next step. Number three, a dream or a vision without a next step is a fantasy. You can have the most amazing God-given dream, but it will only be a fantasy if you don't actually do something about it. You can pray, you can meditate about it, but when God gives you a dream, you eventually have to do something about it. My eldest son, Peter, as most of you know, is recognized as one of the top Christian keyboard players in the world. Uh, he's played on more than 50 platinum albums. 
He's regularly invited to churches and large conferences around the world to do worship and keyboard workshops. How did he get from being a shy 15-year-old playing keyboard in boys' high to being the main keyboard player in the largest church in Australasia? I mean, how did that happen? How did he get to fulfill this amazing dream? One step at a time. In fact, unlike Stephen and I, Peter actually had a prophetic word. He had a God-given dream. And in that dream, he saw himself leading thousands and thousands of people into the presence of God through worship. That was his heart's desire as a young man. He just wanted to lead people into the presence of God. A dream without a next step is a fantasy. So Peter, who was supposed to go to university, came to us before the time and said, Dad, I know I'm supposed to go to university, but I I really feel like God is encouraging me to go to Bible college instead. Now, mums and dads, you have got a great opportunity to lead your children into the plans and the purposes that God has for their lives. But for you to do that, you have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. You've got to be wise in it. And you've got to see that the dreams that they have, that God has given them, are not necessarily the dreams that you have for them. If I had my way, uh, Stephen would be playing cricket for New Zealand, and, um, and Pete, he'd be at, uh, he would have gone to university, came out with a science degree, and would be following in his dad's footsteps. God had far better dreams for my boys than that. So we gave Pete the go-ahead. He realized that if he was going to go to Sydney, then he needed some money. So he went and worked for John Smith for a year so he could save up enough money so he could go to Hillsong Bible College. He, only, he saved 12000 I think it was, in that year. And it was only enough to get him through the first, uh, the first year in uh, Sydney. But he went. And um, Peter, this young guy who had never strayed far from home, was heading overseas. And I remember standing at the airport as Pete left, and Stephen's there bawling his eyes out because he was so fearful for his brother (laughs) taking this step. That's Stephen's heart. So Pete goes off. Um, He worked in a petrol station, doing night shifts in a petrol station to support his voluntary ministry during the week. And people look at him today and think, wow, wouldn't that be fantastic? You have no idea the sacrifices and the little steps that needed to be taken for him to get to where he is now. It's interesting. I still remember Pete ringing me up and telling me one day that he was going to be playing second keyboard in the evening service at Hillsong Church. Wow, we thought he's made it. He's got there. Second keyboard. We never dreamed 
We never dreamed that he would tour over 100 cities, over 50 nations, be involved in arranging some of the most played Christian songs over the last decade. We never dreamed that when uh, the God Channel in America was going to be holding a celebration service in Jerusalem next to the Wailing Wall, when they were getting a team together from all around the world to celebrate the um, Israel becoming a nation, they got Benny Hinn to be the preacher. And guess what? Pete was the keyboard player. He was part of the team that was leading that service. One step at a time. One step at a time. You see, with Pete, he just happened to be, amongst other things, in the right place at the right time. He was volunteering, playing keyboard for the youth band. And the youth band, at that time, started writing songs, and they decided that they'd go on a couple of tours. So that's what they did. And that youth band that Pete was the main keyboard player for just happened to evolve into Hillsong United, which became arguably the most influential worship team in the world. One step at a time. Peter's fruitfulness, interestingly, was tied to the house that he was planted in. Jonah had to get to Nineveh for him to be effective and got what God was calling him to do. I remember Zena Thorburn ringing me up and telling me how God had spoken to her in a dream that she was to come to this church because this was the place that she was going to be fruitful. And this is the place that she was going to be blessed. You see, Stephen had to go to Hamilton for what God wanted to do in his life. And it wasn't the end place. It was just one step along the way. So it's really important that you are where God wants you to be. And if you are where God wants you to be, then, then God can use. The most important thing about your dream is to make sure it's God's dream for you. I would love to be worship leader. I can imagine, how many people can imagine yourself standing up here leading worship? All right? Yeah, 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 yeah. for for, For years and years, I've dreamed of being a worship leader. The only problem is, I can't sing. When I'm standing at Hillsong Conference and Pete was next to me one day, I turned to him as we're worshipping. I'm standing on this side. Pete's worshipping like this. <laughs> Why is that? I can't sing in tune. So even though I want to be a worship leader, I haven't got the pipes for it. God gives some people one talent. Some people two talent, some people five talent. And five talent people are going to be in a different place than one talent people. That doesn't make a one talent person any less significant because the most important thing is that we are faithful in doing what God has called us to do and being in the place that God wants us to be in. And the most important thing with your giftings is that you use what God's given you. 
Not what someone else has given you. Use what you've given in the measure that you've been given it, and then you'll stand before God and say, well done, good and faithful servant. All right? Faithfulness and obedience are always significant, even if they don't seem spectacular. God always, always, always rewards faithfulness. If your dream is significant, then the journey will test you. If your dream is significant, then the journey will test you. Pete had some huge speed bumps that some of you may know about along the way that completely threatened to derail him. But remember our opening verse? said, the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. What comes next? Even if he falls, he won't be utterly cast down, because the Lord upholds him with his right hand. Some of you looking at me this morning, as I'm talking about this, think, hey, I've blown it. This has happened, or I've done this, or we got away from this, or whatever. You know, as I said before, you're only one step away from getting back on track with God. You're just one step away. And God can resurrect dreams. He can resurrect things that have been planted in your life from years and years and years and years ago. If your heart is towards Him, follow Him and let Him do the the rest. How did... Joseph get from a spoiled kid whose brothers hated him to prime minister of Egypt and the saviour of two nations. Through faithfully and obediently following God one step at a time, through trial after trial after trial after trial that moulded him and made him into the man that could rule a nation. Follow me and I will make you. Frank DiMaggio, who in my opinion is one of the best speakers on leadership in the world, says this. He says that the more extraordinary a leader is to become, the more crucible experiences they will experience on their pathway to destiny. Now, for those of you who don't know it, a crucible is the container for purifying gold and silver. It's what the slag, it's what the, uh, the raw metal is put into and it's heated up in the fire. It's heated up in the fire. It's heated up in the fire. And the reality is it's those fiery experiences in life that cause us to be purified. Job says, God knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I'll come forth as gold. And Frank DiMaggio is basically saying, hey, if you've got big dreams... You're going to have a lot of big crucible experiences because very rarely do we have the character to fulfill the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. But our character is molded one step at a time. James chapter 1, count it all joy, my brethren, when you have various trials And it goes on to tell us that it's the trials of life that change us and create in us 
the pure gold that God wants to shine out. None of us like it. I used to hate that verse. That was my, the worst verse in the Bible for me. Until I realized that it's in those situations that God changes us. So if you're going through a trial, if you're going through deep darkness today, be encouraged. God's got something great for you. God's got something great for you. For many of us, if we knew the trials that we'd have to face along the way, we would never have embarked on the journey. But God knows, and he's with us every step of the way. Let's have the musicians come. Finally, others are here to help you take your next step. That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's the family of God. It's doing life together. When Hillary climbed Everest, it was a huge team effort. Some of you will know that the first time he tried to climb Everest, they failed. They didn't make it. The team that got Hillary to the top was over 30. Others didn't have the fitness or the strength that Hillary had. But the amazing thing was when Hillary and Tenzing got to the top, the whole team celebrated because they had the understanding that it wasn't just about one person. It was about the team. Did you know that in heaven today there is a cloud of witnesses There is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on, saying, go, Gerda, you're doing so good. They're cheering us on, wanting us to take the next step, help, wanting to intercede on our behalf when we're going through times of trial and testing. Penny and I, are here to help you build on our shoulders. One of the reasons why we became part of Church Unlimited, and I'm sure one of the reasons why God asked me to serve another man's vision, which is pretty hard to do after 21 years, was so that we can position this church to see the next generation be everything that God has created you to be so that you can do everything that God has dreamed of you doing. So we're in a really safe place here. We're doing life together in a way that we can celebrate each person's steps. When Carl has a brilliant idea about how to reach out to Otangare, we all celebrate together and we help do it together. When people, when our young people are going off to university, I try and get alongside them and encourage them and say, be everything that God has created you to be 
do everything that God wants you to do. When the Hatfields are going off to fielding, I'm pretty brassed off that we're going to lose 12 members of our congregation. Man, what do the numbers look like? Half empty when they're gone. But the reality is, hey, I reckon it's a great idea. And we'll be praying for them. And we'll be believing that this next step in God is going to be the making of them. It's going to be a blessing. We can do this together. But it only happens as you follow Jesus one step at a time.